Warning. What you're about to hear may contain mature language, adult situations, and depictions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. Did you ever see that movie uh, about the, the brain pill with uh, Bradley Cooper? Limitless. Supposed- yes. Yeah, it's like, he's like, oh, you get really smart if you take this pill. And the smart things he does is just like hit people over the head with the TV. Oh yeah, that really bugged me because like uh, everything else was pretty good, showing like how his his brain had changed. Aside from like the fighting and the like the cop stuff or the, right. the crime stuff, like they should have done like um, like the Sherlock Holmes deal, right? You know that scene where he's like calculating everything and then like hits the guy in the liver. Yeah. I mean, it's so cheap because it's like the other stuff that show that he gets smart or like nonsense stuff is like, oh, he's speaking in a different language or like he's he's we watch him reading five books at once, like nothing where he actually has to exhibit any level of intelligence. But anytime he has to like figure out something clever, he just his his go to is just like, I, I'm going to throw a rock at you. So movie about a smart person isn't too smart. The the two good scenes in that movie are the the scene where he cleans his apartment. I don't remember that scene. Oh, what? that scene is iconic. I go to YouTube and watch that like once a week just for my Maybe. own like satisfaction. All right. And then uh, the scene at the end where Robert De Niro tries to like muscle him. And uh, he's like, I'm 10 steps ahead of you. I synthesized a drug and then stopped taking it. And oh, by the way, I'm psychic now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that van's like, about to crash. The yeah. guy's having a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. That part rules. we so dumb. It is very dumb. Lots of people like it, though. I can't believe they made a TV show out of it. They did? Yeah. I also um, like how all of the, if you look at the credits, everybody has like a abbreviated like nickname. All the characters are Edward Eddie Mora, Carlos Carl Van Leeuwen, Henry Hank Atwood, Donald Don. P- <laughs> you didn't even have to list it like that. Like that's crazy. That, those were that. That was the character names in the credits. Yeah. Why did they do that? I don't know. There's like also a, was... a there's also a, a performer named TV Carpio. That's the actor's name. Yeah, that's a fucking wild name. TV. How do you, how's oh, it spelled? Teresa Victoria. Oh. Okay. I wonder why they abbreviate it in the credits. Because it's cool. Uh, Teresa Victoria is fine though. Yeah, but when you said TV Carpenter, you had to bring point that out. If it was ter- if you if you was just Teresa Victoria Carpenter, no, it's Carpio. Or, Carpio, that's even better. Yeah. Uh, if you if you saw that, you wouldn't have said anything to me about it. It would have stopped and started there. You would have seen it, passed over. We would not be talking about this at this moment. That's true. So that movie came out in 2011. In April of 2008, it was announced that Shia LaBeouf was going to be the star. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Was he playing his character from Even Stevens? Yeah. Making all kinds of crazy faces and wearing like really big Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I took this drug and now it makes me smarter. And now I know which size shirt I'm supposed to buy. Yeah. Now I buy size appropriate shirts. (laughs) Turns out I wasn't a double XL. I don't have to wear uh, cargo pants where the legs zip off into shorts. Crazy. Well, I think you probably probably still keep wearing those because it's for practical reasons. Yeah. 
there's also that scene in the movie where he's like, wow, I'm having, uh, I'm not wired on the drug. Like it's, he's not hopped up in it, like on a caffeine or anything like that. He's like, I'm just clear. The first thing he does is goes to get a haircut. It's like, bro, it doesn't matter how depressed or like down on your luck you are. Like the notion to get a haircut is still like pretty prominent. Right. Yeah, that's the Even other depressed thing about... people get haircuts. Yeah, it's like they 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 set this guy up. It was not just like a, he's like I'm just moderately intelligent. He's like it's the fact that he's not a genius has ruined every aspect of his life, including his hygiene. Yeah, even though he's still like a like just because he happens to not wash his hair very often and he has a drinking problem, he's still like tall and good looking and a writer with an yeah. agent. Yeah, like he has representations. Like you're doing actually pretty well. Like this isn't not... like a, a straight up flowers for Alderon type scenario where he's like mentally deficient. No, he's know? not like Jean Claude Van Damme, like a clown street thief, like only yeah. friends with children. You yeah, know? he's not a. He's just a regular guy, street rat. Yeah, he's just not a superstar. Yeah, he's a man lacking perspective. That's for sure. <laughs> I'd say the only good scene is that scene where he drinks the blood to get the the smart drug. You know what I'm talking about? No. So it's like towards the end where like the mobsters have him and they want the smart drug. And uh, he hasn't been on the smart drug for a while. So he's just regular intelligent. And he, one of the mobsters like takes the smart drug. Um, but something happened. Like he's tied up, I think. I think Bradley Cooper's tied up, but somehow he gets the drop on the gangster and like cracks his skull open and then like lays down and drinks the blood so he can figure out how to get out of this pickle. Uh, That's the only good part. Yeah, it's kind of fun. And then the solution he comes up with is hit someone over the head with a TV. Oh, there's another character called Man in Tan Coat. Oh, that guy's great. (laughs) Yeah, so he's He's... unforgettable (laughs) as the man in the coat. (laughs) He really sold it. Like sometimes when I watch a movie, I'm like, "What color coat is that? Is that brown, light brown? I'm not sure what they're going for." Like he really sold the tan. Yeah. No, that's that guy's good. Um. Yeah. Well, I could talk about Limitless all day. I could talk about it for a limitless time period, but we got bigger fish to fry today on the Trashy Podcast, the show about movies that you didn't watch. What's that show? Trash Heap. What'd he yeah. say? Trash Heap. Trash Correct. Heap. Trash Heap. No, this is the Trash Heap podcast, the show where we go and give discarded gems a second chance. I'm Elliot. That's Keith. Uh, we're doing uh, something for November called, what's it called? Keith, I already forgot. Sly November is here. See, I'm off that limitless drug, so I couldn't remember what our the holiday was. season has arrived. Forget about Christmas and Hanukkah and Thanksgiving, Friendsgiving, Seinfeld's giving, Festivus, all that shit. It's Sly Vember celebrating the films and the works and the looks and the styles and the memories of Sylvester Stallone. Correct. And last uh, last episode we did Copland. And this episode we're doing 1996s. Ni- yeah, 96s. Daylight. 
Yeah, celebrating the films of Sylvester Stallone where he plays a hapless schlub. In this this one, he plays disgraced ex-EMS chief, Kit Latura. What? I'm never exactly (laughs) sure what his old job was. What are all of those words that I just said? Yeah. Well, they're like, I'm like, is he a fireman? Is he like a demolitions expert? Is he, uh, is it's like they just took snippets of every character he's ever, every job, every character he's played before and just created a new job and a new title based on previous movies he's been in. Like, well, I was in Demolition Man, so I'm going to know about explosives. You know, I was in so Search you mean and Rescue. The specialist? Oh, that too. That's yeah. the one where he knows about explosives. He blows up That's Eric true. Roberts with a teacup. But isn't that movie after this one? Yeah. Right. So uh, it, it, this is taking stuff from the past. Demolition yeah. Man is the one where he accidentally blows up stuff. <laughs> right. He's like, oh, chief, it wasn't my fault. You know, they had the gas barrels everywhere. I didn't know. He just, everywhere he goes, shit gets destroyed. And he's like, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> How did it happen? <laughs> Search and rescue from, uh, from, uh, cliffhanger to take these little jobs create a whole new job for him in daylight um or it's alternate title what happens when you try to make a movie like speed but take out all the exciting parts yeah and the personality where's the jeff daniels they don't have a jeff daniels here to banter back and forth i was gonna say he's got dan hedaya in this one playing uh frank Kraft, uh owner of Kraft cheese but yeah, it's not it's not the same as uh, Jeff Daniels. They're not really bantering. Like, no, Stallone just sort of like whines at him because he was the Stallone was the previous EMS or emergency medical services, right? right. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, something like that. At one point, they call him an EMT, and I was like, "Oh, is he an EMT now?" Like New York City Emergency Medical Services Chief. Okay, he who's now working as a taxi driver. What are your memories of this when it came out originally? All I really remember was a commercial where he like a, it's not a flare, but it's like one of those giant glow sticks and him just whacking it against his hand to light it up. Title, Daylight, you know, showing up. There are several nods to his previous films. With the one you mentioned, he's got the blue light that turns blue from Rambo 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got his son, Sage Stallone from Rocky... V, mm-hmm. Adrian's Revenge. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and he also says the line, meet me halfway from over the top. Pretty amazing. I was yeah. very surprised to see all of that shit shoehorned in here for well, no like reason. Well, like I said, they, they just took all little bits of everything he's ever done before and turned it into one new character, one new movie. Uh, Why did yeah, they the do t- a blue light, though? As opposed to, like, green or orange. I feel like there's a good reason for that. Is it better visibility? I mean, in real life or in this movie? Because this is, movie is incredibly unvisually striking. Uh, so it's not striking at all. I mean, is I, what, is what I'm gonna, I disagree. A, I feel it's a very bland-looking movie. I was not... Uh, I'm not going into the realm of this is one of those gems by any means. I'm not mad I watched it. But uh, I wasn't. It wasn't aggressively boring. That's a, a great way to frame it. It was not aggressively boring. <laughs> and here's the thing: our bar for action movies is so absurd at this point. And I, this, I spent a lot of time thinking about this while the movie was droning on and on. 
there are movies like goddamn The Raid, Elliot. The Raid. Yes. And Fast 15 or whatever the fuck with Ferraris jumping from building to building in Dubai. Action movies are so cartoony. And here is just a plain old disaster movie about city infrastructure and people being, you know, unfortunately caught in the middle of the war between, uh, you know, man and nature. And uh, that's fine for normal people. I think for people who just like watch a movie occasionally, not people like us who watch a movie every day, sometimes multiple movies in a day, you know, people who have seen the light of day. I think this is a people who've seen daylight movie. Yeah, that's yeah. I agree. Every action movie doesn't have to have like gigantic over the top set pieces. In fact, I'm not even a big fan of most of the fast movies. I mean, they're like fine, but I'm not like I don't really get into them. Generally, like what makes good action scenes is not always the size, but the stakes. You know? No, you need and to care about the characters. You don't even always need to you care, have to about, care the about them. But I don't care about these characters. No, I care about the guy from uh, Monster Squad, though. I, he's such a f- nice guy. This is something that genuinely pissed me off in this movie, is that the most annoying characters in this live, and the like. The handful of not annoying are the ones who die. Yeah, the awful dad. Yeah, the awful dad. The Even, like, the, the lady who's supposed to be, like, Stallone's sidekick is, is insanely annoying in this. Amy uh, Brenneman, but she was on NYPD Blue. I don't care. She was very popular at the time. When she's when she's yell, yelling about like "Don't leave us here" and she, and like while Stallone is like literally saying like "Leave us here," oh my god, she's so annoying. Uh, I don't care about these characters, but back to those character introductions, they really want you to make sure that you you you're supposed to know that you're supposed to care about the characters. Because they have these, like, the whole beginning of the movie is just random character introductions. I and like that. Everything... It's like a Tarantino movie. It's bouncing yeah, around but... the city. It's slices of life. It's real people doing real things, like driving around in cars and complaining about traffic and looking at stuff and saying things. Yeah, but everybody's got something going on, like, to the extent, like, like, Amy Brennan's character is like, oh, I, I got to get out of this town because I, my last relationship failed because i found out he was married and then there's everybody's got something you know, oh yeah not... she had that classic 90s problems of like right i'm the quirky talented uh side chick and yeah. like my life's a mess and then like the that, dad that is... lifestyle is coming back in a big way oh we'll see the dad you know character is like him and the wife were like separated and just got back together in a family again and uh danielle harris plays the screaming young girl which is sometimes she's supposed to be like 13 and other times she's supposed to be like 25, it seems like. It's hard um, to tell. She's actually a pretty decent actress as far as like conveying like pretty real emotion. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it's, she's always one of, she's one of those kids who always seemed like older than she was. Like she would always show up on sitcoms as like the, the tough girl wearing like a leather jacket. And, like, trying to get the other right. kids in trouble. They're trying to get smoke cigarettes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's totally. But also, just, like, just in the script, too, it's, like, at one point in time, her and, like, one of the like the prisoners from the prison bus are, like, flirting, and it's not supposed to be creepy, you know? It's supposed to be cute, but it's, like, isn't she, like, a 12? Let's see. What else is annoying about that? Oh, and then when, like, the, it's about 10 minutes, over 10 minutes. I checked the time. 
between before we even meet Sylvester Stallone's character, because we spend all this time with these other people, and they're doing this thing where he's driving it like he's the cab driver, and you hear him talking, but you don't see his face. And he says he's having this banter back and forth between the, him and the passenger. And then he turns around and like, surprise, the guy who sounds exactly like Sylvester Stallone is Sylvester Stallone and he's driving a cab? What's going on? It's so cheap. Yeah, he's not a very good everyman. No. He, he has some good scenes where of like self-doubt and, and confidence and all that where he's doing a great job performing mm-hmm. and conveying that, but... Overall, like, yeah, he doesn't seem like just an everyman just because they, like, flattened out his hair and stuff. I mean, they can, he can pull that off, though. I mean, like, literally in the movie we did last week, Copland, he literally is, like, as much of an everyman as you can think of, you know? Uh, yeah, but I think that someone else might have worked better here. Yes. Uh, I can agree with that. Let's fantasy cast this real quick. Let's see. How about, oh, say, I don't know, Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman, get out of here. <laughs> Christian Slater. What? What is wrong with you? Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, my God. Actually, Cuba Gooding Jr. starred in a movie very similar to this. Are you talking about where he's just in the sewer? Are you talking about a... Judgment Night? Yeah. No. I thought you maybe just because they were in the sewer that you were saying it was like no, this. No, no, no. I think of the movie Instinct where Anthony Hopkins thinks he's a gorilla. No. Daybreak. I have no idea what that is. That's another thing with this movie. The title of this movie, it sounds like a horror movie. Yeah, it's kind of a, a shame that there were no, like, crocodile men or some kind of, like, living toxic waste. It's literally, there. it's just them versus a collapsing tunnel with a river on the other side. Right. And the so river you... is not evil, right? No. It's just a river. And we, by doing some engineering we moved it out of the way so that we could travel to this island right right so yeah but the, the there's basics... a scene it's like the river is extremely vilified in this movie by nearly everyone and at, by the end by the climax of the movie sylvester stallone has a in my favorite scene in the entire movie he has an absurd sort of breaking point collapse moment where he is screaming at the river and he calls the river yeah. a piece of shit. And then he yes. punches a hole in a mud wall <laughs> and yes. starts crying. <laughs> it's absolutely... And then he's, he tells the river he's going to blow it up. You can't blow up a river. Well, he that does, is though. impossible. He fucking blows it up. <laughs> yeah, so There's the basic... no conceivable way to blow up a river. <laughs> the basic premise of this movie is that some toxic waste gets spilled uh, from a from a truck. that has nothing to do with anything. It's just well, it's just no. It's just setting something up something like, explodes. Something explodes. It doesn't matter what it is. It collapses the tunnel that leads the underwater tunnel from New York to Jersey, and a bunch of people get trapped in there. And the only person who can save them is a disgraced rescue danger uh, guy. <laughs> rescue a guy with a vest. Yeah, a guy with a vest and some like uh, and a leatherman. I he's love his disgrace, too. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, his disgrace is like, we went in to save some people from a burning building, and the people were already dead, but then some of the people who went in, they died, too. 
Yeah, like a gas line or something blew on the way out and three people died. And that was what got him fired and sort of kicked out of the rescuing people business. Right. What? And and that's the problem, another problem with this movie. They they set him up as the world's best rescue guy, right? Um, He might be like regional, like pretty good, well-known, like top shelf. But I don't know about it. Best in the world? He's certainly not slick enough for that. And then, but then, like the accident doesn't. It's there's no negligence on his part. It just seems like something that would happen. Yeah, you know, something like, beyond your control. Like cliffhanger, I think is a much better kind of set, similar setup. You know, where it's like he he, he drops somebody, but it's not his fault. Well, he he death. failed at the when the stakes were highest at the highest possible level in the most difficult scenario. Right, and people are bitter about it, right? Which they sh- right. they still can be, even though it's kind of unreasonable. Right, so that, he, I, yeah, that he, works pretty he, well. And he has it's more of it, yeah, it's more about how he feels about it. like he he just stops doing it. He's not fired. They keep saying like, hey, why don't you come back to work? You're good at this, and he's like, I can't do it, you know. But it's almost like they they didn't want they didn't want to give him enough character flaws in this to him for him to be like you know like ah, I'm a guy who fucked up, but then. Also, like he couldn't really have an, a genuine scandal because that would that would mean he's not an, a good enough guy. So they had to get, create some phony scandal, you know. You know what they should it's have like, done is give him like a very like mundane reason for getting fired, like he was late all the time, or like he took lunches that were too long, right? Or he like spilled wine on his boss's wife at like an event or something yeah and they're like Ugh. it's like all those movies from like the 80s and 90s where someone goes to like a like a con air where someone goes to jail like the good guy goes to jail for uh killing someone in a scenario where no one would go to jail for that it's like oh these w- people att- tried to rob me and my wife and i punched them and they broke their neck you know like you wouldn't go to jail for that that scene is so good where the judge is like you are not subject to the normal laws. We have a super secret set of laws that you will be subjected to. <laughs> yeah. Your hands were lethal weapons, and yeah. you should have known that. So, yeah, it's like when you were being attacked by murderers in an alley, you should have been aware that if you hit them, their heads would explode. Yeah, why don't you call the military police to help you? He has to be a guy in jail, but he can't really be a bad guy or like a semi-bad guy, so he has to be a perfect guy. Who, you know, like, at least frame him for murder or something, you know? Like, ha- yeah, why couldn't he have been, like, uh, Sloane's character been framed by the city or something? I don't know. I don't care. That's irrelevant. Pieces of a good movie are here, but what we get is just kind of, like, ho-hum. When I think in the, um, if you look at the entire sort of wave of disaster revival movies, like Dante's Peak and, uh, what is it, Volcano? Mm-hmm. Twister, yeah. And what's the other one? I think that's all of them. I think one of the problems with a lot of these movies, because I don't know, if you look back, not just here, but like what was, you know, the 70s and 80s, early 80s, mostly 70s, was another big trend of disaster movies. And most of them are not very good. And I think you were hit the nail on the head where they try to make something, like they try to make a an inanimate object or a, an act of nature the villain, you know, and not just like, oh, this is an, an obstacle that we have to overcome. They try to make it the villain, and it has no personality or motivation or anything. So it's like, yeah, the the volcano is not a bad guy. So like, 
well, I'm not mad at the volcano. Now, you can make a compelling story with these, like Wilderness Survivals movies. It's pretty much the same thing, but it's always more about just obstacles to overcome rather than like the villain, the volcano is going to blow and we're going to, and we got to punch it, you know? The real villain here is like dumb ideas. And I'm, and I don't mean dumb creative ideas. I mean like every idea that Sylvester Stallone's character has sounds dumb. And all of the people he's trying to rescue are just a bunch of haters and doubters. And they're like, that's the dumbest idea we've ever heard. Yeah. You're going to blow us up. Inside this tunnel that we're already trapped in? Get out of here. And it's just them arguing. And then he gets, he finally gets fed up with all the hate comments. And he's like, I can, I can, gee whiz, guys, I can get us out of here. I just need a little time. That's all. Oh, old, old, old Kit just needs a little bit more time. Did you think when, uh, this is, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm like bouncing around here, but when, you know, when he's like leaving Frank to die? Because like he has a he has a broken neck and they can't yeah, get him can't through the underwater through the underwater tunnel. Which after I actually like got a better look at the underwater tunnel, like you easily could have like put a guy on a stretcher through that little hole. You know, it would have been worth it would have been worth the risk rather than just leaving him there. But when he's like when when Frank's like you gotta leave me and 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 uh, and and Kit's like apologizing. Did did you think for a second that he was going to when he leans over? Did it look like he was gonna kiss him on the mouth? No, I thought he was going to snap his neck further. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, they're about to kiss. The and worst then... part of that whole subplot is at the end when he reveals that he has the bracelet or whatever. Yeah. It is the ugliest fucking piece of like <laughs> gaudy, garish like jewelry. It looks like the kind of jewelry you would find in a video game as or like a, a hidden machine, treasure. You know? Like the little kid things where you put the quarter in and you get the little plastic bubble that comes out and there's a little prize inside. Oh, man. I was like, what? This is awful. So this movie is directed by Rob Cohen, uh, who you might know from such movies as the original Fast and the Furious, Triple X, and my personal favorite, Alex Cross. He's a real tastemaker. The Uh, guy knows his stuff. Does he? Yeah. What did you just say? I mentioned one extremely successful franchise. You don't think Triple X is influential? You don't think uh, Fast and Furious is influential? Okay. Whether or not you like these movies or not, you have to agree that these are tentpole action films of the modern era. I I love Triple X because it's so dumb. And but I, it's also like, not just it's not just like haha kitschy stupid thing. It's also very indicative of like an era. Well, right. So I don't think he, I don't think he's the tastemaker. He was like, "Oh, extreme sports are popular right now. I guess I'll make this movie." That's what tastemakers you know? do. What do you know? Tastemakers make the flavor. He just uh, he just uh, he just took the flavor and did it in, and uh, and uh, put it into into another. Wait bowl. a sec. What you're discounting here is the fact that drinks like a uh, Long Island iced tea or a kamikaze are very popular, and that's just. All liquor mixed together. Yes. And that's what he did. He's like, all this shit, white tank tops, fur coats, Euro trash women, skiing down a jungle. I'm putting all of that in one movie. I mean, is that even... But also, he's not necessarily... He's not a writer. He's a director, right? Right, but these are still movies. He's like, this is the movie I'm going to choose to make. Also, he's not even the first, like, the movie Extreme Ops came out the same year as 
triple X. So it's not even like he thought of, he's the only person who thought of this idea of extreme sports action movies. This was this was very indicative of the time. Hold on, you know? hold on, buddy. You are glossing over a big chunk of his career too. Dragon, oh, yeah, he, the Bruce dra- Lee story. Dragon yep. Heart. Holy shit! The skulls. That was a, though. That was a big hit. The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Which one's that? Does that have that's, Jet Li in it? That's the third one, and there's zero mummies in it. He's yeah. the only person to make a mummy movie with no mummies in it. He also directed that Boy Next Door movie where uh, Jennifer Lopez has sex with her like teenage neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> I should have done a little bit more research before suggesting this one. Or, or yeah. Had you seen this before? Uh, Yeah. So that could have I been saw it on research. TV when, uh, you know, I don't know, 15 years ago or some shit like that. Okay. This is this this could go on forever, but So there's like a 10-minute behind the scenes deal about this movie that's kind of interesting. It does highlight a lot of the amazing effects work, which is kind of breathtaking. And especially when you see the behind the scenes, the mixture of uh, miniatures and sets and stunt work. I mean, they built an entire replica Holland Tunnel in, in order to make this movie happen. I will agree that a lot of the effects in and of themselves are good, but they're also shot in a very undynamic way, you know? So No, it's very simply and straightforward, you know, coverage. There's also a really good uh, Entertainment Tonight, like, first look. That, uh-huh. uh, that was kind of fun. So basically, the making of documentary on the DVD and an Entertainment Tonight's first look is more thrilling than anything that happens in this nearly two-hour-long movie. Was it that long? Yes. Wow. This movie should have been 20 minutes shorter, I think, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, the scene in the movie where she has her shoe, the lady, what's her name, what's her name again? Amy? Yeah, is that her yeah, name? Yeah, the actress. the actress is named Amy Brenneman. Yes. That scene where she has her shoes and is holding on to that live wire and dancing around with it. And the scene where uh, uh, Stallone's trying to go through the fans are so unintentionally funny. They look like Laurel and Hardy or Three Stooges bits. Especially the fan one with, with Stallone where he's like, there's a scene where it looks like he's literally doing the curly, like, run around on the floor twirl. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then he gets thrown up against the wall and stuff's flying into his face. And he's just, like, what is going on, man? Like, Yeah, that was one of my big, big disappointments is by the end of the movie, neither of these characters has a single blemish on their face. And e- Amy Brenneman even remarks something about, uh, I look awful. And so I want right. to ride in the ambulance with you. Meanwhile, she has, there's no blood, there's no bruises, she's not even sweating, her hair's not wet from even being underwater anymore, like, it's very silly, and that's like a small gripe, but Sylvester Stallone, too, like, he has been in plenty of movies where he's been beat up and had some good, uh, sort of aftermath makeup, and here, he they've just got nothing, and so when I mean, he looks, he's supposed to look exhausted and haggard, and it's, he looks like, it looks like the beginning of the movie when he was driving the cab. Yeah, this is what this movie has like zero continuity in terms of like what's happened in the 
past scene and how characters should look in the next scene. Like someone will roll around in the mud and then in the next scene be like completely clean, you know, and they're, you know, or, or like five minutes will be passed and like they're, 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 they're already dried off completely when they should just be wet the entire time. Yeah. I can forgive some of that stuff because they are underwater a lot, right? Yeah. It's like blood and mud and things wash off temporarily, right. but you should still see some visible cuts and bruising and yeah, just make someone look like exhausted because they've been like running through water and swimming and getting blown up and all kinds of stuff. Like they should be that's, in a bad way. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's more about like how you sell the action rather than it being the, the, you know, the most elaborate action set piece. Like, and no, I, nothing is, they don't sell anything for me. Like I never feel like anyone's in real danger. Uh, the closest one is like, actually that scene where like Frank's pinned under the car and the water's rising. That's probably the closest it comes to something like that where I, I feel in the stakes but even that sh- i think sh- should have like a lot more tension than it does um but it just kind of like happens and then it's over well yeah that's, that's a perfect setup for the final line of the movie which just completely dismisses all the suffering and everything that everyone went through, right? Do you remember what the final line of the movie is? I honestly don't. He Sylvester Stallone is like, okay, you can ride with me, but promise me one thing. And she's like, what? Let's take the bridge. Oh, yeah. Ha, 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 ha. And then pan up to the Twin Towers. <laughs> They're like, hey, it's New York. <laughs> That's the one thing I hate about all, like, I didn't care when I was a kid, but looking back at all of these movies that are set in either L.A. or New York, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, my God, these people are so up their own ass about these cities as being like, oh, they're the greatest cities in America, Los Angeles, the glitz, the glamour, or New York. It's the hustle and bustle and the Broadway and Times Square and New Yorkers or the blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I, what do you I, mean by like sh- when you show actual buildings that exist in the city? No, they're just like they're set in these like cities that uh, have almost this like mythic sort of lore to them. But it's like no, like I'm sure that Minneapolis, Minnesota, is just as much of a city. Why? Well, I, I mean, it is. I've been there, but it's just as much of a city. Like, why do we need all of these movies set? in either New York or L.A. Like, I bet if we counted them out, like, there would be an obscene amount of movies using those cities as their backdrop. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of studios in those cities. Well, yeah, Uh, it's exactly... Like, people are writing what they know, right? And the the people of New York and L.A. are drawn to those the, the entertainment industry, and so then they're writing stories, and they're like, oh, what if we set it in New York? It's so dramatic and... It's got personality and it's blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I mean, no, man, uh, you know, Las Cruces, New Mexico is as good of backdrop as any. Is it? Yeah, probably. Okay. I'll Shane Black should have written a movie about Las Cruces, New Mexico instead of, where was uh, uh, Lethal Weapon set? That's a good question. Chicago or something? You think so? Well, it's definitely not California because it's cold outside. 
Right. In the in the winter time. So, but it, I don't think it's New York. You know, I haven't seen those movies very much. They're not my favorites by any means. Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, the first one's pretty good, but like, it's not a movie that I'm gonna be like, mm, I'm gonna watch this. Like, if it comes on, like I'm scrolling through Netflix, and I can't just want something to put on in the background. Sure, but it's not when I just throw on because for old time sake or anything and then the sequels i really don't care about at wow. all los angeles police department narcotics sergeant martin riggs oh so it is la wow but it looks like yeah it doesn't doesn't isn't there snow in that movie or am i just making that up because it's out around christmas time no there's no snow mm. you're you're just yeah are they bundled up at any point in time i mean they wear jackets but no Okay, well... Mel Gibson lives on the beach. Can we talk about the real heroes of Daylight, which are the rats? Okay, so this is one of the fun things from the the behind-the-scenes featurette. They had over 2,000, and I quote, trained rats for that scene. How the fuck do you train 2,000 rats? One big piece of cheese. Yeah, the real heroes are the rat trainers. Yes. The rat trainers. I'll say it again. The rat trainers <laughs> are the real heroes. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, every time there's like any type of animal, the, whoever, the, there's like something called like, they're like, they're like the bug wranglers or something, you yeah. know? Or it's like, oh, the ant wrangler. He, he's in charge of all the ants for this movie. You're the bee guy from they always have a, They always have a cooler name than what it should be, you know? It should just be bug guy, but it's like, no, he's the moth man. He's the moth, uh, he's the moth wrangler, you know? No, it is a very important job, though, and I'm glad that like behind-the-scenes stuff exists to, to praise these unsung heroes. Oh, sure, because yeah. it really is like... The cockroach guy from Creepshow, I'm sure that is very thankless work. You know what's incredible? This is my favorite little tidbit about uh, bug guys in movies and whatnot. So in Silence of the Lambs, the deathhead moths are highly featured, right? And there's like they have the ones that are like dead and stuffed inside the human heads. And then there's the ones that are flying around in Buffalo Bill's um, house. So when they were filming that movie, it was out of the mating season or the, you know, the mating season for that type of moth, for deathhead moths. So they, there weren't any that were alive. They don't live that time of year. So what they had to do is they took a, a different moth of similar size and made tiny little deathhead moth uh, jackets to put on them. Wait, so is that a, a tribute to the bug person or to the costuming department? It's it's a it's a collaborative effort between uh, bugs and costumes. Okay, so it's interdepartmental, where costumes and insects meet. But yeah, the rats are the real heroes of this movie. They save the day. They sh- they those rats. That's a that's a fun thing. Like okay, the rats though. The rats. It's flooding. The rats are going out this way, right? That's will follow the rats. That should have happened like much earlier in the movie because having it be the climax action scenes, it literally does make it seem like the rats are the are the ones who who uh, solve the real problem here. Well, that's and a Sloan cool. Was... It's a right. It's a New York tale. The rats are finally the heroes. <laughs> and where's the where's the tunnel out of of this uh, the the escape route out of this horrible flooded tunnel? It's behind the statue of Jesus. Oh yeah, the chapel. That chapel is actually kind of spooky, and the idea that like yeah. they, they sealed it up before 
continuing like renovating and continuing construction on the tunnel is kind of mm-hmm. like a, a weird like oddball piece of lore yeah i mean this is where you're talking about earlier about like oh there should have been some mutant men and something what if this movie took a hard left turn in the center of it you know like uh from dust till dawn style but wasn't even in the marketing it's like Stallone's got to save everyone out of this tunnel and all of a sudden whoops there's tunnel men there's mole people there's alligator men tunnel men <laughs> tunnel men the world's most deadly monster there's a few chuds down there man I, that's a movie i'd like to see I mean, honestly, I don't really have anything to say say about this movie. I'm just pulling stuff out of my ass. We just said a bunch of stuff about it. That's true. Why is the abbreviation of Sylvester Sly? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I don't know. But it's also, like, it's not just, like, a, a gimmick thing for, like, marketing. Like, that seems to be what he goes by in real life. Yeah. Are people because just don't like pronouncing all those syllables? Three in total. Well, with Thanksgiving right on the horizon, it's going to be a tough to cram in another episode of Sly Vember, but we're going to do our best. It's the Sylvester Stallone catalog is rich and dense, like a, I don't know, like a moist, chocolatey devil's food cake, and we're going to sink our teeth into it, come hell or high water. What? Oh, I was saying because of uh, Thanksgiving, it's going to be tough to cram in another another episode for Sly Vember, but we're going to do our best. And I started talking about a metaphor oh. of cake. Well, do you have any uh, any more thoughts on day uh, daylight? No, but I was just saying to the people that uh, Sylvester Stallone has such a rich, like dense catalog of movies to choose from like what's gonna be next you know what we should have done was uh nighthawks why that's fun is it i've never seen it it's it's not not fun what about oscar i've never seen oscar i've never seen oscar i by all accounts that one's universally hated so maybe we should give it a shot it's a john landis movie Mm -hmm. his name is like Jimmy Provolone in that or something too. Yeah. Which I can't believe I have not watched the movie where there's a character named Jimmy Provolone. And when the titular character of Oscar is the gag is that he's not even in most of the movie. His name is Angelo snaps Provolone. Yeah. He's trying to go straight. See, uh, his like dying father or something. It's like Angelo, Forget about a criminal life and uh, go straight. So he's got Donna Michi in it, Kurtwood Smith, Vincent Spano, Marissa Tomei, the lawyer from Jurassic Park. Wow. I don't really want to watch it. I'll be honest with you. I didn't really want to watch Daybreak. Daylight? Yeah, Daylight. But there's also, we've also got Tango and Cash. People like that movie. The Specialist, Assassins. Oh, I'm not watching either of those movies. I've attempted to get through both of them, and no thanks. No, Assassins is pretty bad. I've seen The Specialist uh, more than once, though. I would definitely uh, try uh, Specialist before Assassins, but yeah, I'm not really keen on either one. Yeah. 
What about that rate of Formula One racing movie? That's really bad. Hmm. He Have turns on a dime. It's it's atrocious. Well, I'm not watching any of the new Rambo movies. Those are terrible. When you say the like, I mean Rambo, Rambo Four is good. John Rambo and Rambo. Or no, well, uh, yeah, one is called Rambo, and then there's Rambo: The Last Blood, right? Right. Yeah. Ram- the, the Rambo, the one that's called just Rambo. That's four. That movie's re- really good. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's very good. Oh, the Rambo's like you're the activist from the city. You don't know anything about real life. Like, Shut up, Rambo. No. You're a oh, barbarian. No, like, any anytime there's talking going on, it's 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 not good. <laughs> I don't know. Even the action is like, it's gross. Uh, yeah. But that's about it. I'll watch that movie any day of the week. All right. uh, Last Blood that's is... That's a piece of shit. It's so bad. It's stupid as hell. It doesn't even, like, like nothing about it even, like, clocks as a Rambo movie either. No. As Other than the fact that his name is Rambo. You take that out, that could have been literally any other movie. He has this little, like, Home Alone uh, <laughs> tunnel trap system. Yeah. So bizarre. I've been doing these tunnels in my backyard so I have a nice place to hang out by myself. Yeah, he just, like, he misses the Vietnam so much. He's like, I just wanted to go around in the tunnels. My niece has parties in there with her friends. That's weird. These are good tunnels for good people, but now I got to use them for bad. Oh, what about Death Race 2000? Yeah, that's ba- that's that's barely even a Stallone movie. He's in there quite a bit. Yeah, but it's a David Carradine movie. Yeah. I love it. He's in Men in Black as an alien on TV monitor. Uncredited. Forget about that. Yeah. Get Carter. Ants. Ants. <laughs> Avenging Angelo. What's that about that ICU movie? What's that where he's like? Ugh, man, what I'm thinking like Sly Vember may have been a huge mistake. I definitely think that was a mistake. Why didn't you say something? Now because we're, I, we're stuck. Because I like the idea. This the uh, the name Sly Vember. God damn it! Now you sold me. You sold me with the marketing. Trapped. All right, you heard it here, guys. We're gonna do another movie show about that you're not gonna listen to. So. That wraps it up for daylight. Uh, We're going to go away now. And Keith, what do you always say? Keep trying, you piece of shit. Keep trying. You've killed everybody else. You know what? You haven't killed me. I found your heart. And I'm going to blow it right out of you. And until next time, the dumpster is closed. Goodbye, everyone. Everybody go back to doing what you were doing.